Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome! I am happy, joyous, and free. I'm filled with energy and vitality. And I attribute a lot of my, some people say I have too much energy, to my plant-based diet, fruits, veggies, nuts, and grains. That's all we need. Tens of thousands of options. I am so excited and honored to have a woman who epitomizes the vitality, the energy, the longevity, the beauty of plant-based Karen Calabresa. I hope I pronounced it right. Perfect, Jane. Thank you so much for having me today. This is exciting. Well, um, I think that we vegans like to talk about our age because a lot of times we defy age. Uh, I just turned 65. You are 73 years young Tell us how long you've been vegan and tell us your story because it's extraordinary. Absolutely. Well, I'm 73 years old. I'll be 74 coming up in April. Uh, and I, I'd like to add, not that I feel there's anything wrong with people choosing to do any enhancements, but I like to think of myself as living what the possibilities could be. So I've done no surgery, no, I haven't done anything to date. Not to say at 80, I might not change my mind. Um, I've been vegan for 50 years. My mother, uh, actually people look at me and they go, oh, you have great genes, but it's just the opposite. My mother died at 47. My grandmother died at 50. And my great-grandmother died at 60. So women weren't known for longevity in my family. And they all uh, died of degenerative diseases, cancer and diabetes. And I was a pretty sickly child. I had uh, every allergy known to man, I was constipated all the time. And as a teenager, I had terrible skin. So I knew something was going on. Don't ask me how I knew. I knew something had to change. And my mother, before she passed away, introduced me to carrot juice. So I started juicing. I started going to the bathroom. And the rest just happened because I believe that we all know the answers. It's just at what time do we decide to download them and draw on them and use them. So 50 years ago, when everybody thought I was absolutely insane for giving up the animal products is when my journey started. Wow. So you've been vegan 50 years. You remind me of my mom, who was, I call her the original animal rights activist. She lived to 99 and a half, so we always give her 100. <laughs> absolutely. But she would say, her, her line was that they made fun of me for not eating animals, and I went to every one of their funerals. Maybe a snarky comment, but can you reflect on that a little bit? Well, I, well, I, I actually, I had the longest standing, I'm a raw foodist also, and I had the longest standing raw food restaurant in the country, and people would walk by my restaurant and stick their fingers down their throat, and, and you know, it's like, what was I doing 30, 40, I started the restaurant, I think it was like 35 years ago, 35, 40 years ago, and everybody thought I was insane. I, I it, for some reason, because as my journey continued, I just felt better, looked better, had more energy. Uh, and so there was no going back for me. I, I'm also a slightly obsessive compulsive person. So, you know, once you start getting the good results, you go all the way. Well, you've gotten the good results. Tell us 
For those who, so you are raw? Is that, is that I'm accurate? I'm also a raw foodist. Well, I started out a vegetarian, and then I crossed the bridge and became a vegan, and then I crossed the bridge and became a raw food vegan. So actually, I don't eat anything cooked either for the past uh, 30-something years. Well, I, my hat's off to you because I've tried that, and it lasts about 45 minutes, and then I want, you know, soup or something. Uh, but I have been on my own journey of transformation, especially during this pandemic, eating a lot healthier. I've been vegan about 24 years, and I did it because I love animals. I love the environment. I don't want us to go extinct as a species. But uh, I started to realize in trying to prove to everybody you could have everything vegan, I was eating a lot of sort of decadent foods. Give us an idea of what you eat on a daily basis. Well, here's the deal. I don't eat a whole lot. And that's the beauty of being a raw food is because one of the things I teach is if you hold up your fist, this is the size of your stomach. That's really all the food you need. So when you're eating energy efficient, whole plant-based foods, it doesn't take that much to fill you up. So I start my day with water because one of the things I teach is your body 70% water, your brain 70% water, the planet 70% water. So guess what the body wants in the morning to flush from the fasting the night before? It wants water. Absolutely. Look at this. So far, so good. I'm batting a thousand. Continue on. So if you drink approximately 32 ounces of water first thing in the morning, you're not hungry probably until about 1, 12, noon or 1 o'clock. And so, uh, you're, so at about that time, I may have a drink that we make and sell called Rejuvelac, which is a fermented drink. I may have a green meal smoothie. I have a product that um, we use that I uh, make a smoothie out of. Or I'll have celery juice or vegetable juice. I kind of switch it up like sometimes people will have pancakes or waffles or eggs. I may have a, a smoothie or celery juice or a vegetable juice, or uh, it just depends. And then I'm not hungry again. Well, I'm really hungry. That's the deal. I, I exist on so little food, and I take a professional advanced ballet class with girls 18 and under. Certainly not as good as them, but I'm allowed in the class. Uh, I walk three miles a day. I pray and meditate at least an hour and a half or more every day of my life. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just about the food I eat. I like to say it's about the whole lifestyle. It's keeping all the balls up in the air at the same time. So what else would I eat? Oh, I will have, uh, I do lots of greens. I do spirulina, I do wheatgrass, I do barley greens, I do, um, I'm trying to think, I, oh, chlorella. I eat a lot of chlorella, and my puppy who's getting in the picture, he eats chlorella with me every morning also. What is chlorella? Cro- like, okay, well, I just grabbed these to tell you, <laughs> yes, I, I'm moving in this direction. During the pandemic, okay, Um, I do want to support vegan restaurants very strongly and vegan restaurants offer a lot of healthy options, but uh, because of the pandemic, I've been ordering in, I have uh, fruits and vegetables delivered and I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if you know Tabitha Brown, but she does, it's got, it's gone viral. I don't know how many tens of millions of videos it got, but she takes a carrot and she slices it up and then she puts some, I don't know, maple syrup and a few other things. And she actually does put it in the air fryer fryer and I tried it and they're they're like a sweet potato fries so <laughs> delicious I know it's not raw but I'm on the journey no, absolutely there's the bridges and you found a beautiful bridge for yourself I don't think you go from A to Z overnight I didn't all of a sudden meet Dr. Wigmore and decide to be a raw foodist you know she's the one that started the raw movement in our time and she was my teacher yeah and um, so- by the way before we go any further when we get calls we like to take them before they drop off Sarah your question or thought Sarah 
Hey, uh, hi. My question actually is for Karen. Karen, you're such an inspiration. I'm so happy that you're on. I love the fact that you're raw because I am about 90% raw. And I wanted to find out what is your favorite, like, meal that's raw? And also what I do struggle with sweets. So what would be your best example of something that I could eat that's raw, that's sweet? Well, oh, my God. Great question, because I'll tell you, I struggle with sweets, too. I gave up um, processed sugar uh, almost a year ago. I feel great, but I do have that desire for the dates and the this, that, and the other. What, what's a good answer to the sweet problem? Oh, hey, I have a perfect answer for it, because one of the things that I totally advocate is I cleanse and detox my body a minimum of four times a year, even though I'm 100% plant-based, I'm 100% raw, uh, but I cleanse and detox my body a minimum of four times a year. So in the cleanse that I teach, and anybody can do it, there's certain things you can use to start to balance your blood sugar levels, because our blood sugar levels get thrown out of whack from birth if your mother isn't breastfeeding you and you're, you aren't eating perfect. So there's certain things that you can use. But I want to throw in here that um, if you sweeten your things with coconut sugar, it's the lowest on the uh, sugar index for affecting your body for sweets. And you'll have the sweets and you'll feel comfortable, but you won't start craving more sugar. So coconut sugar is a wonderful Well, let me, I have to jump in. What is coconut sugar? Because, I mean, does it come in the form of like a powdered sugar or? So just like regular sugar, you can buy it at uh, most of your health food stores now. There's something you can buy called monk fruit. If I were set up, I would run and get it and show it to you. I have it all here in my home. No, I, I know about monk fruit. I just didn't know. Uh, like monk fruit I've been using, and it says it's zero calories and it doesn't change your glycemic index. So what does that mean anyway? <laughs> if you have regular sugar and you, have, and you uh, eat sugar, it sends your glycemic index way up to the top so that you start craving sugar and actually foods that aren't good for you for the rest of the day. There's a wonderful book by uh, William Duffy called Sugar Blues. And mm -hmm. he wrote it years ago. I read it in 1970. And we're taking in anywhere from 125 to 200 pounds of sugar a day when we should only have about a quarter ounce <laughs> of sugar a day. And it's because our biochemistry has been so affected, even just by life, our surroundings, the stress. So to me, getting your biochemistry in balance is the most important thing that we can do. And we do that through detoxing and cleansing because the body intuitively wants to thrive, not just survive. It wants to thrive. And it has a... It, it comes here programmed. We just take it. Life just takes us out of the programming. So for me, cleansing and detoxing my body brings me back to my own programming. So I just don't crave it anymore. So we use things like fenugreek seed. Uh, we use MSM in a systemic enzyme. What's that? All kinds whoa, of things. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> I know. No acronyms, because I don't know what the heck they are. Tell me, tell me. Well, fenugreek seed is what a. What does it say? It's slow. F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K. I also have a book with all this stuff. Ben in agrees. Oh, you've written a book about it? I've got ben several agrees. books out. I've got oh. here's my cookbook, and one side is raw. Oh, you're nuts. Okay, that's memorable. I won't forget that title. No, she won't. That's why I named it. <laughs> so one side is cooked recipes, and the other side is raw recipes. And then I have another book called The Cleanse 
where we discuss all of the fenugreek seed capsules and all the things you can do to bring your blood sugar levels in balance. And then you don't have to like hold a dime in your butt, like I'm not gonna eat it. You just don't want it anymore because you've bought, brought your biochemistry into balance. And this so, is- actually- I, I do wanna say, cause we wanna talk obviously about the fact that you are 50 years vegan, you're 73, you look like a million bucks. Uh, you haven't <laughs> had- I you around with me? <laughs> You haven't had any work done and you are uh, just what everybody wants to be at 73. You know, cool. I can tell you're cool. <laughs> I'm very you're cool. Uh, but vital, sharp. I mean, here's another thing, because there's so many things I want to ask you. So many of my, my mom lived to 99 and a half, as I mentioned, and she was plant-based. I would say she wasn't 100% vegan because as politeness if people came over and made her eat like cheese, she would take a taste of it to be polite. But essentially, she was vegan. Mm -hmm. And um, she was sharp literally until like two weeks before she died mm -hmm. in her bed, surrounded by her family. Mm -hmm. So many of my friends who are living in a meat-eating society, their parents in their late 60s and 70s have Alzheimer's and dementia. I, if, honestly, I hear this almost more than anything else. And there is now research into, given that heart disease is clogging of the vessels to the heart via plaque, which comes from animal products, which causes heart attack, stroke is the same concept. And when your arteries and your vessels get clogged, it's systemic in your entire body. There is growing research into the possible connection between eating animals, which causes cholesterol plaque that clogs vessels and dementia because it's systemic. I know you're not a doctor and I don't want to ever say we have cures for this, that, and the other, but just express your thoughts on that. Well, here, it's, it's a very simple answer. Here's the deal. What you put in, cause and effect is what rules the universe, right? And what you put in here is going to affect totally the entire body. The human body is the most fabulous machine in the world because you put 99% of the wrong thing and you still get to get up and walk around. But the body, it's taking its toll. So every, every challenge that your body manifests from heart disease, and by the way, you know the first uh, symptom of a heart attack is when you have it. Um, so the body... <laughs> That's a, that's a good one. The first symptom of a heart attack is when you have it. Well, also, erectile dysfunction is a oh, precursor to heart disease. Uh, well, just about everything. But you see, we don't have to compartmentalize the body and take it apart. This is this. Everything is connected. The whole body is systemically connected to each other so that you can't affect one thing and not affect everything, which is, once again, I bring it back to cleansing and detoxing, is the most important thing because you clean out everything. You're just not concerned with the liver or just the knee or just the nose or just as you are working on the entire body. And this is what I've done for the past 50 years. I learned from Dr. Ann Wigmore, who started the whole raw movement in our time. Uh, she healed herself of terminal cancer, diabetes, and all kinds of things. And she was my teacher, Ann Wigmore, Dr. Ann Wigmore. Not too many people even know who she is in this day and age, but she kind of started this whole thing that uh, we're so lucky to be involved with now. So um, 
everything that you put in your mouth is going to affect everything in your body. So you can't say, I just do a little bit of this or I just do a little bit of that. It's like you're either participating in your life or you're participating in your death. Do we always make the right choices? Of course not. We're human beings and part of the whole process is to learn to evolve and learn about life. That's what we're really here for is for evolution to evolve, not to make a lot of money, not to have the best clothes, not to be the best uh, whatever it is. It's to evolve. So every challenge we're given is to help us evolve. So for me to keep those challenges at bay, I cleanse and detox my body four or five ten times a year. But yes, everything in your you put in your mouth, you can't separate it. It is going to affect every single from your knee to your toe to your heart to your eyes. Everything is affected, and everything out here. Part of the reason I don't do work is everything out here is a showing me what's going on internally. So this little line that everybody gets rid of, that eleven line, that's your spleen pancreas. Okay, the dark circles under your eyes. These are your kidneys and your adrenals. This is your stress. The lines here, one side is usually deeper than the other. This is your liver and your small intestine. So literally, you can erase all that and take it backwards, which is part of the reason I haven't done any work, not because I'm a goody two-shoes, like I said, maybe when I- You look amazing. I got to jump in and remind everybody. This lady we're speaking with, Vegan 50 Years, is 73 years young. She has had no work. She's explaining basically the fountain of youth is on your plate. Three times a day, you can make a decision to turn yourself old and give yourself a bunch of illnesses, or you can avoid that by eating clean. And that means first and foremost, getting rid of the dead animals and their byproducts, the breast milk of cows, the menstrual period of eggs, which most people don't realize when they're eating an egg, that's what they're eating. We've got Uh, One minute till we go to the break. I think your wisdom and you're inspiring me because you're absolutely right. Like I'm a recovering alcoholic, 25 years and six months sober, approximately. I have Um, my challenges. I'm from the 60s. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. And so I'm just totally a work in progress. I mean, that was the first thing I did. Uh, Then I went vegan. Uh, Then I came out as gay. Uh, then I now I then I gave up more recently uh, and I did therapy, you know, to help me through that in in coordination with being sober. And uh, then I also um, started dealing with the fact that I have an addictive personality. So if it's bad, I want it. If I go to a restaurant, we can change it around to the okay. good stuff. We can be addicted to the good stuff. That's what you're doing now. That's right. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine said he came over, and I'll just say this quickly. We'll go to the break. Um, he looked great. He's a vegan, but he looked ripped. And I said, what did you do? I hadn't seen him in a year. He's from New York. I live in L.A. He said, I gave up sugar. You should try it. Just try it. I tried it. That was last December because I had put on some pounds, you know, proving to the whole world that you can have vegan pastry, you can have vegan cheesecake, you can have vegan ice cream. I was, uh, (laughs) was, it was beautiful. So then uh, during the pandemic, I started also eliminating a lot of the, you know, uh, it's okay for a treat, uh, but starting to really just eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains. And it's been a process, but you're absolutely right. It changes your whole being when you when you the way you relate to people. The way you're, it changes everything. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we are staying on Facebook. Please. Be 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're here with the one and only Karen Calabrese. I've learned so much already. She's in Chicago. She's 73 years young. She's been a vegan for 50 years. She's a raw foodist. I want to find out about your personal journey because my big question in life, which I'm constantly trying to figure out, is why is it that some people get it that killing all these animals is killing us, it's killing our planet, it's the most violent, destructive thing happening in the world today, and others, many of whom are highly educated and otherwise very intelligent, just don't get it. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting question because it's, it's what, what's kind of interesting because I work with people one-on-one also. I do counseling and I have a wellness spa and I have a restaurant. And it's amazing that the people, it's, this is such a strange thing to say, but it seems like the higher the education, the less willing they are to come back to nature. It just seems to have been kind of a progress because we get so caught up in our heads and in our brains instead of realizing it's our internal environment that's the most important thing. And as a matter of fact, our whole life is set up for that, to worry about the external and not the internal. So people just don't get that chance. And let's face it, we're all here for different journeys and different reasons. So it's not, everybody isn't going to get it right away. Although I have to say, when I started 50 years ago, there's, you know, nobody even knew what the word vegan was, barely. You know? So it is progressing. It's just going at a very kind of slow rate for the world. Unfortunately. And unfortunately, we're it's running out of time. Factor, huh? you know, we're running out of time. Where's my documentary here? Um, right over here. Uh, Countdown to Year Zero on Amazon Prime. Uh, basically, it says, watch it before it's too late. Watch it before it's too late. I'm watch it tonight, huh? Oh, yeah. Countdown to year zero. Uh, 
Not Countdown to Zero. That's a totally different movie. This is Countdown to Year Zero. And it explains that we have until 2026 to transition to a plant-based society or we're finished as a species. You know, there's a carbon bomb that's going to explode uh, as the ice caps melt and it's going to accelerate climate change. We, we are at the tipping point right now where either we're going to survive as a species or we're not. And the leading destructive force, whether it's the Amazon wildfires, the destruction in the Pantanal, lesser known in Brazil, uh, the, uh, oh, I wait, I want to jump in and, what are you drinking? Let's see. Oh. <laughs> hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. I'm drinking a green vegetable juice. I juice every day of my life. Um, you get your nutrients in a very efficient way. You're not hungry. It goes to your cells and feeds them immediately so you don't have to worry about digestion. Digestion is the hardest thing on the human body. And this is where all your allergies and things are coming from because most people's digestive systems are so screwed up. So vegetable juice is a great way. What's, what's in it? What, what kind of it? It has kale, spinach, cucumber, celery, uh, turmeric, ginger, and coconut water. Whoa, when you say green, you're talking green. I'm t- wow. There's a reason God put so much green on the earth, and it's not just for picnics. We're supposed to be taking it in. We need, the, you know, the greens, the chlorophyll has the same molecular structure as your blood. So when you drink bl- uh, green stuff, it's kind of like giving yourself a blood transfusion. Mm. I used to call it liquid sunshine until my son told me that's what they call LSD. I didn't know it was <laughs> But it's kind of like liquid sunshine for our bodies. Um, so I drink at least 32 or more ounces of green vegetable juice every day of my life. It's just a part of my routine. Now, I'll be and honest. I would guarantee you, Jane, if you started drinking vegetable juice every day, you would see your food consumption would even shrink even more. Oh, well, that, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I always have to throw something sweet in it because just green, 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 it's, it's bitter to me to explain. Yes, and you, you can, and that's why I put the coconut water in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. I don't want to discourage people from putting the apple or whatever. What we learned from Dr. Wigmore, though, is that it takes different enzymes to break down fruits than it takes down vegetables. And very often when you mix the two, you get kind of bloated and uncomfortable and mm-hmm. gassy or whatever from it. But I don't want to discourage anybody. Start out drinking that way, but your body will kind of refine itself for you. The more you get consistently with doing that, then your body goes, oh, I don't need it this sweet. Oh, I don't need this. And you start to change it. We really can take the little brain out and just start coming up with a program to give ourselves every day. And you don't even have to think about it. Your body is designed to thrive. It's designed to live and thrive. And if you give it the right thing, it will stop you from doing the other stuff. Okay. So uh, I'll make a a reveal here. When the pandemic started and I started realizing that those with underlying conditions, um, obesity, heart disease, uh, diabetes, et cetera, were more likely to suffer the worst effects and even die. Um, and that those who had you know, nutrients, antioxidants. So I said to myself, I'm going to make a coronavirus concoction. That's what I called it. So I want to get a review from you. So what I do every day is I have turmeric. I put pepper in because somebody said pepper. I have a little acai powder. I have some ginger powder. I have, uh, um, uh, wow, a uh, couple of other things. What the heck? Oh, moringa and maca powder. And then I make it in a whole little thing, and the acai makes it taste a little sweet, so it goes down okay. And that's, what do you think of that? 
I think it's a wonderful addition, and I would add juice to that. So now that you've got that going, then I would add one more thing. And once the juice is going every day, then I would add one more thing. You know, it's creating those bridges for yourself, and you'd see you'd be raw before you know it because you wouldn't be hungry at the end of the day. Well, I do know when I eat at a raw restaurant, when I've eaten, I get full very quickly because the food is incredibly dense. Let's well, also because your body can use everything. There's no waste there. Your body can use everything, so it doesn't take as much to fill it up. I actually have a problem keeping a little weight on <laughs> because being 100% raw, I have to make sure I'm eating lots of nuts and avocados and things uh, because I can feel too thin. I don't look it, but, you know, I can feel that I want a little more weight. And most much. Americans would love to have, you know, no uh, let me ask you your personal story, though. Like, where did you grow up? How did you stumble upon this information? Absolutely. Well, I grew up in a typical uh, African-American family where, you know, they ate uh, ribs and chicken and all the way. But the thing of it is my great grandmother did cook and use only fresh food. Um, so I grew up in a typical, typical American, African-American family. Um, I am from a mixed culture, but I grew up with my, my black family. And I was a very sickly child. I, I mean, I was constipated all the time. I had every allergy known to man. I had terrible skin. Uh, is this I, in I, Chicago? Yes. Yeah, Hyde Park. I grew up in Hyde Park, Chicago, oh. which is a mixed area. And uh, I, was, uh, I was a very sickly. In fact, I was always hurting myself and breaking bones. I do want to throw this in, Jane. I have not been sick in 45 years. I do not know what illness is. Wow. I'm 73. I should be in bifocals. I wear 100 reading glasses sometimes at night. Uh, I, had my, I had more gray hair because I had gray hair at 17. I do color my hair still. But I had gray hair at 17, which that's the weakening of the kidneys. I was born with weak kidneys. Uh, very little gray hair now, although I do color my hair. And my mother was totally gray by 35, 40. So... Um, I was very sickly. I had all these problems. And uh, my mother got sick and introduced me to carrot juice to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I started going to the bathroom for the first time in my life and being obsessive compulsive. I didn't just drink eight ounces of carrot juice. I was drinking 64 ounces of carrot juice. So this is where my thinking comes in is that we don't have to use the brain to make the changes. If you make the internal environmental changes, your body will change the brain along with it. Because I never set out to be plant-based or vegan. Uh, I was, I've always been a good cook. I've always enjoyed making food. And um, I was making chicken soup for my family, uh, and I'd thrown the chicken in the pot. I'd given up red meat, and I threw the chicken in and uh, forgot about it, and the bones floated, and the skin came off, and I was repulsed by it, and I never ate chicken again. I later, I, it's just, you know, I've evolved by just being consistent, obsessive with doing the right thing every day. See, you had that moment, and this is what... I see with every person who's transitioned to plant-based, there is a moment where they see the animal. You saw the bones right. with Renee the King Sonnen, uh, a, a country singer who turned her rancher husband into a vegan and right. runs a vegan sanctuary. She was practicing her songs out in the pasture with the cows when the cows started circling around her and she had that moment. Yeah. And she started to see them as individuals. What is it? Because sometimes I think, honestly, and this will probably make me sound a little kooky, but I'm going to go for it. I think we vegans are another species. From outer space. I do, too. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're like, why is it that it's so obvious to me, 
but completely. People who can understand, oh, let me ask you, investigation, who can go through complex financial um, instruments and make billions of dollars and they can't figure out that we are destroying our planet, destroying our health, allowing children to die of starvation, all because we feel entitled, carnistic privilege, we feel entitled to eat animals and their byproducts. I think there's a system in place is what it is. That's the problem and and having to change the system. There is a system in place because when are you going to go, you know, I have clients that come to me that talk about their stomach issues and they'll give me the 10, 12 medications they're on. And I go, well, did this stop your um, stomach problems? Did that? And none of them has stopped their stomach problems. And needless to say, their healthcare practitioner has never asked them what they eat. It just, we just haven't made that connection in our world yet. I think it's becoming more and more because 45 years ago, I mean, think about you. What did you, what would you have thought of 45 years? It took you to a point to get here and hopefully more of the planet is coming to that point. Uh, you know, 50 years ago, nobody had even heard of the word. I think 1% of 1% of 1% of the people were plant-based back then. So it is changing, but hopefully will make it change fast. And let me ask, you're in Chicago. You said you grew up in a typical African-American household that eats a lot of animals. We now know that the African-American community in the United States is the fastest growing demographic when it comes to going vegan. What are your thoughts? What are you seeing in middle America? In my restaurant, in my spa, I am so wonderfully connected. I mean, I have so many African, so many people uh, color from Latino to black Americans are coming to me for what I teach and what I learn. So I think, I think, you know, people like you getting the word out, I think there's a system in place and it's just hard to break that system. I don't think there's an evil cabal of anything out there. There's just been a system that man has relied on and the pocketbook has a lot to do with it, even though, you know, so nobody is making that connection. Well, it's happening little but, by little. But it is happening, and it's happening amongst younger people who are not as brainwashed by television with the commercials, with the sizzling steaks and all that, that, you know, I, I, I have a lot of connections to the advertising industry. My dad was a Madison Avenue advertising executive. I understand the subliminal um, techniques they use to equate masculinity with meat eating, upward mobility with meat eating, family values with eating dead animals, uh, femininity with dairy, all of these things, they know how to pull the strings and then people are defending their right to, but they don't realize that they're being manipulated. As Dr. Silas Rao says, they're factory farming us too. If we don't get sick, where does that leave the healthcare industry? Well, one of the things I teach is most people don't even realize, and that's most vegans also, don't even realize what health is unless they've been diagnosed with a disease. And I just want to throw in one other thing. I'm, I'm 100% plant-based, but there's more to it too. I think tapping into your spirituality, whatever that feels for you is just as important as eating the right things because when you tap into your spirituality, it adds another dimension to it. Of course, and... I would say the first step in being spiritual is not killing on a daily basis. <laughs> the average human being, the average American kills more than 10,000 animals over the course of his or her life. But so the animal, 
People are serial killers. But do you understand people don't even think of them as animals? You know what I'm saying? And I always say, who's to say which animals are to be tortured and killed? Because in some countries, you can eat cats and dogs. Some countries, you can eat uh, snakes and monkeys and whatever. And we've just decided in this country, the cows and the pigs and these very loving animals, because pigs are as loving as dogs and they can learn just like dogs. They're smarter than dogs. Absolutely. But there's a collective thinking and it's piercing that collective thinking, which people like you are doing. And you. And, and the word is getting out there, but it's piercing that we're, humans are very tribal. We're, we, we like to be like everybody else around us, right? All right. We've got another caller, Kim, on hold. Uh, your question or thought. Kim. Hi. Thank you. Um, I, boy, when I heard she's from Hyde Park, I just had to call in. I'm from Hyde Park, too. Went to Ray School and Kenwood High, and I was just wondering if she remembers ribs and bibs and Harold fried chicken. And what was absolutely ribs and bibs? And what was the place that had all the peanuts on the floor where you went for the? Oh yes, yes, chance, chance, chance (laughs) Chance, is right. Absolutely, I remember. uh, but you know, it's I grew up on all that. Oh my God! And I, I mean, I don't think I had ever had any broccoli or Brussels sprouts till I moved to California, but. I, I mean, yeah, fried chicken and ribs and bibs, and oh my God, I'm so glad I'm out of that. And are you still in Hyde Park? Uh, no, actually, I live in Flossmore now. I lived downtown on the Gold Coast for 35 years, and I just moved to a suburb because I was ready to come back to the earth. So I have a garden outside where I grow my own vegetables and, and juice. And it's really, I figure for the second half nice. of my life, I to come back to nature. I lived up in a high rise on the lake for years, and now I'm back in nature. Let me ask you, uh, because uh, I just want to wrap this part up and get to the heart of it. If, let's say, you're in Chicago, you have a restaurant, you uh, could speak to the African-American community about taking the power back. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, there's a lot of money involved. You yourself said that uh, one of the reasons why we continue to destroy our planet is... Uh, because there are very powerful interests making money. And one of my heroes, Dr. Silas Shroud, says they're factory farming all of us. And there's actually a documentary coming out about the minority communities that are often targeted in food deserts called They're Trying to Kill Us. What would you say to the African-American community in particular about taking the power back financially and in other ways through food? Well, you know, I kind of have a different message and I understand what you, you're getting from and you want from me, but I kind of go in the back door with people because sometimes when you hit people on the head, they run in the other direction, you know? So I, 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 what I, I have to say, I don't think there's a one size fits all to make that change. I think different people doing different things is bringing it about. I'm much more, I go into the communities, I speak at churches, I speak at schools, um, but I'm not so much saying that this is what you have to do. There are other people out there doing that. I find that the more people like you and feel comfortable with you, the more they're going to listen to you. And the more people that I get to listen to me are more people that are going to make changes. So I'm a lot softer in my uh, approach. But I can say that I've worked with literally, to this date, almost hundreds of thousands of people because I've spoken all over the world. I've spoken in Lithuania. I've spoken on the South side. I've spoken in London. I've spoken all over the world, but I kind of have a a different message to 
help people to feel comfortable about making the change, not that I'm hitting them in the head to make the change. And I think all aspects of, of, of it are great. I mean, we need yin and yang. We need all the different modalities to help people feel comfortable in the changes. But I find making people feel comfortable about themselves is the most important factor that I can bring to helping them make change. Wow, you are so wise. I want what you're having. <laughs> Hold on, maybe I'll be less... <laughs> I start having that raw juice, it'll calm me down. I'll just say, come on, let's go beat it. Let's have some fun. All right, we're going to take another quick short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to be back in a second with Karen Calabrese. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to the Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to Jane Unchained News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. And um, we are here with the amazing 73 years young, has the secret to the fountain of youth, Karen Calabrese. She's been vegan 50 years she's also raw and she is wise uh if it's possible <laughs> it wasn't always by the way what i wasn't always wise no but you have a, a certain philosophy i think your your approach chill like hey you want to do this what 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 is your reaction when people show a lot of resistance let's say worst case scenario you're talking to somebody they're overweight they've got Pre, they're pre-diabetic, they're high cholesterol, they're on all sorts of medications. And you say, you know what? You might want to try getting rid of uh, the fast food, the meat, the, the breast milk of cows, the dairy. And they go, ah, you know, I could never do that. I'm, and then they cite their whatever their ethnicity is. I've heard it from everybody. I could never do that. I'm Russian, I'm Irish, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Mexican, I'm always using ethnicity for some reason as an excuse. I don't know why that's the primary excuse. But in any case, 
What do you, how do you approach that, that tough nut? You're not going to like this answer, Jane. I walk away <laughs> because unless somebody's asking me, I don't give them advice. I save my energy for the people I know are ready for change. Uh, it, it, because it does no good. You know, if somebody had told me what, I'd be, what I'm doing now, 50 years ago, I would have said they were crazy. I needed to go through my own evolution and learn. If someone asks me, if someone says, you know, what, what can I do? And then I go, well, you know, what I would do, number one, is try giving up all cow secretions for one week and see how you feel, you know? So I give people little bitty challenges to try instead of trying to get them to look at the whole picture because that is overwhelming. And you do go, oh, I could never, oh, I could never. But you could say, you know what? Try giving it up for one day or three days or five days and check back in and tell me how you feel if you see a difference. I'm not going to tell them you're going to have one. I say, tell me if you feel a difference. You know, you give them little bitty increments, little bitty steps to take. Because when you try and give people the big picture, I mean, if somebody had given me the big picture 50 years ago, I would have said they were insane. Why are they different than me? Yeah, I agree with you. I like that. I'm going to start. start okay, I'm going <laughs> to try giving up cow secretions for one week and see how you feel. I'm going to memorize that and say it to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to get back to something a little lighter. Sure. Dessert. Because... After the bad habit of eating dead animals and their secretions, uh, the other bad habit America has is sugar. And even when you kick sugar, that desire for something sweet, which I don't think is wholly you know, wrong or evil, but where are the healthy sweets in raw food, for example? Okay, well, I'm going to throw something in first. So that person that I was just talking to, that the overweight person, what advice I would give them, I would not give them wheatgrass. I would give them a raw vegan dessert to try because they're so delicious. There's so many of them. You give people dessert to help them with the bridge to make the changes. You don't go right for the green smoothie or right for the green drink. You give them dessert. So there's a a wonderful place for desserts. Um, I'm going to be doing... a little YouTube later, I'm going to be making a very simple dessert that's going to be the healthiest thing that you can take, and there's no way you would know. Tell me. Or raw. Well, I'm going to make a what parfait. With, I'm going to make a parfait. I'll send it to you. I'll make it. I'll send you somewhere. I'll give, send you the video. I'm just going to take raw cashews and soak them, and I'm going to blend them with a little either maple syrup or a little coconut sugar, and. Um, I will, uh, then I'll layer it. I'll layer flaxseed, pecans, this, because it tastes like a creamy, but I make it very thick, so it's almost like a, a frosting. Yeah. I will layer it with Irish moss, then that, and then I'll layer it with um, more of the mixture, and then I'll layer it with maybe some um, flaxseed, and then I'll put more of that on, and then I'll layer it more with some chia seed. And by the time you're finished, you don't, it, it's kind of like the thing you're making for yourself in the morning, but it's, you put it in a glass and you layer it. It's absolutely beautiful to look at. There's a couple of things on my Instagram you could see that I've made. You would never get, I make a vegan ice cream. Back in the 70s when I started this, I used to use the frozen banana in the. Yeah, that's champagne. what I do. I couldn't eat another one of those. So I make a frozen, I use coconut meat and I use almond butter and I use cashew butter and it's incredible. And I use spirulina, so I'm making a spirulina ice cream that you wouldn't even know you're eating greens. It's a great way to get this in and you wouldn't know the difference. So I'm a big believer in, de- in desserts for people. That's, you know, I had a woman that I worked with 
Uh, she lost 100 pounds in eight months working with me, and she was eating all raw vegan desserts on the month that she wasn't detoxing. Nothing, she'd come in and get a whole raw pie or a whole raw this, and that's all she was. So you can't put on weight with the raw desserts either, in my opinion. Okay, I have a couple of questions because we've only got a few minutes. What is a detox? I don't need anything too explicit, <laughs> but uh, what, what, what exactly goes on there? Well, they're different ones, and there are many roads to the top of the mountain. Everybody's teaching detox now. It's a huge word, cleanse, detox, reboot. I've been doing it for 50 years. It, what it's, we have a trillion cells in our body, and these trillion cell, cells bring up layers and layer, build up layers of toxicity over a lifetime, over a week, over a month. Uh, and even though I'm raw vegan, why do I detox? I'm driving behind buses. I'm taking in chemicals. I get my clothes dry clean. I'm taking in chemicals through my skin. I'm around a few negative people from time to time. I'm taking in negativity. So it's like you have these trillion cells that build up these layers of toxicity. And I know we'd like to think that we live off of food. We don't actually live off of chunks of food. We're supposed to chew our food until it's a liquid, and it's the gases from the liquids that are actually feeding our body. This is all in my book, uh, Soak Your Nuts, The Cleanse. And so it's, if you're sending off, if you've got a lot of stinky poo coming out of you when you go to the bathroom or you pass gas, this is what's feeding your cells. So when you detox your body, you're breaking down these layers of toxicity and getting back to the core. Do you ever get totally back to the core? Maybe if you lived in a perfect rainforest and you, know, and you meditated all day, you might, which I came close to that in India. But it's, it's cleansing, it's breaking down the layers that you're building up on a consistent basis. We're always building, even though I buy organic or I'm buying from my own garden, you know, the people next door spray their lawn. So, and the wind isn't going, oh, I'm going to stop here. So we're always taking in so much toxicity. And this is what's creating our thoughts, our actions, our choices and everything. So for me, breaking down those layers, you get to a different a different core for you, and you have no choice but to make the right choices, in my opinion, and the thousands of people I've worked with. Wow. I wish everybody in America and the world could hear you because you've got the information they need, and you seem to deliver it in a way that is not going to you know, make them feel defensive or reactive. My mother always told me, if you want people, if you want people to listen, they got to like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the problem. You know, I also think it's so funny because you really I think, hit the nail on the head about different approaches for different people in different right. circumstances. Absolutely. I always tell a story. I was shamed into going vegan. I was uh, first I was uh, pe- grew up pescatarian, thanks to my mom, Anita Velez Mitchell, and dad converted. And we thought we were vegetarian, but we weren't. We ate dairy, fish, and eggs. Then as I became a journalist and traveled around the world, I eventually became a vegetarian, but I still ate dairy. Then I met Howard Lyman, the mad cowboy, fourth-generation cattle rancher who had been on Oprah. I interviewed him. And he and his publicist shamed me into going vegan. They said after the interview, do you eat dairy? I said, yes, because he had just told all these horror stories. I kind of felt like, ah. And they said, liquid meat, like that. And they pointed their finger right at my nose. (laughs) And I went vegan. That was 24 years ago. So I say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Because you heard it. You know, I was on Oprah three times. Is she vegan? No. (laughs) Is she vegan? No. No. I've been on just about every team. Are they vegan? No. I think that we all hear what we're supposed to hear when we're supposed to. You know what, Jane? People say to me, because there's certain things that I do that, you know, up until this, this, this transformation, I drove a Bentley, lived on the Gold Coast, blah, blah, blah. 
And so people criticize me being a vegan, having that lifestyle. But here's the deal. I love zebras, but I would be bored, silly, if the whole world had nothing but zebras. So we need, viva la difference, you need different people to learn where you need to be, well, where you need to grow, where you need to change. I understand that, but we are hitting an ecological apocalypse. Yeah, you're In right. fact, there's another documentary that's coming back called The Carbon Bomb, that's coming out called The Car- it's, it's about the carbon bomb. If the temperature hits a certain point, and you already see from satellite photos, the glaciers are diminishing. If that continues to a certain point, then that releases carbon. That carbon bomb that gets released from all that melting ice and the carbon that's stored beneath it is going to accelerate climate change to the point of no return. So I'm sorry, but it's not a personal choice to eat animals. It's you're absolutely destroying right. our, our rainforest. It's causing habitat extinction, uh, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, children dying, hundreds of thousands of children right now dying of hunger, hungry, hungry. And, um, you know, uh, climate change. It's not just a personal choice any more than driving the wrong way down the 405 freeway is a personal choice. Yes, everything's a personal choice. Murdering a human, another human being is a personal choice. It's a bad choice, but it's a choice. So my, my old-fashioned dad, my parents were born in 1916. He used to say, freedom isn't the right to shout fire in a crowded movie theater. Well, I'm saying freedom isn't the right to uh, claim that you have an inalienable privilege to take other lives that is now going to destroy the whole planet and make life unlivable for humans and animals on the planet. You it's are 1,000% right, but yeah. how, how do you get that message to people by people taking a personal responsibility? And there are those of us that get a little people at a time, and there are people like you that are getting the message out in yeah. a huge way. Because you can't just tell, most people don't even think of animals as animals that they eat, you know? No. I've had people that come back to me and go, well, all I had was a hot dog. They've even forgotten that that hot dog was once an animal. You know, girls, mystery meat. People don't understand. Uh, my daughter is 49 years old. She lives out in L.A. And she's been a vegan her whole life. And I remember the, uh, the, the uh, preschool she went to, Montessori, they gave, it was an Illinois law that your children had to have a state-approved lunch. You couldn't, if they were under a certain age. And so it, there's so many areas that this has to be attacked and re, it's, 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 an, it's, it's a system and it's changing that system that. And I want to say, first of all, we only have one minute left. I have gotten so much out of this conversation personally. I love your style and your approach. And like I said before. I love your style and your approach too. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> so uh, I wish, and I'm glad that you've been on Oprah and all these TV shows. Keep spreading the message. You are the living embodiment of um, a compassionate lifestyle. And um, I will now experiment with some of the things that you've mentioned <laughs> and uh, continue my journey and my evolution. And uh, I just... I really, really hope your message is spread far and wide. The world needs to hear what you have to say, Karen Calabrese. Can I say one last thing that I always end all my interviews with? That if you don't take care of your body, the most magnificent machine you'll ever be given, where are you going to live? Thank you, Jane. (laughs) 
I love it. Thank you, Karen. So great to meet you. And uh, let's stay in touch, okay? Absolutely. My daughter's out in L.A., so when I come to see her, if I ever... Yes, well, we will do that. I would love to you to do a Lunch Break Live. Oh, uh, We do a daily vegan cooking show, Lunch Break Live, and maybe we'll have you... You can do it from Chicago, so maybe we'll have you do it sometime soon. I'm happy to. Anytime. All right. Thank Don't you, my dear. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.